It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Man, this is steak and bourbon weather. Good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the Ribeye, Bacon Wrap Shrimp, and Russell's Reserve Old Fashioned, Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Want to say good morning. Welcome in to you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Exciting time of year. Um, this is it as uh, the season starts to unfold and we start to figure out what we uh, what we have or don't have. Uh, with our teams and our coaching and our staffs and so on. We're, we're all about the big moments, the big plays, uh, the big momentum swings, and you want your team to win, bottom line. You want to win. And uh, we can tell on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle at Bo Bounds. Uh, you definitely want to follow us. I know plenty of people monitor it that don't hit that follow button. But um, we can see that from the analytics every month. But uh, Twitter handle at Bowbounds brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck and RPT Commercial on Highway 80 across from Muskelly Furniture. RPT Commercial across from Muskelly Furniture, Highway 80, ricksprotruck.com. RPT Commercial, Highway 80, Pearl. You know that they have Rick's Pro Truck in Flowood and Rick's Pro Truck RPT in Gluckstadt. And just uh, follow them on uh, any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, or you can hit ricksprotruck.com. Blake, we're streaming live on thezone1059.com. That's correct. And the Out of Bounds radio app. We'll have MRA football Friday night. 
Mississippi State football Saturday night on ESPN, 105.9 The Zone. I don't know when the Saints play, but we will have the New Orleans Saints game on. At 12, 12 again. Yep. Okay. By the way, I'm a fan. They, I am a fan. They played the Atlanta Falcons and beat them with just about a walk-off field goal. They they still had to had to kick off, but uh, that was a hell of a comeback um, by uh, by the Saints. And and first-year coach Dennis Allen. I mean, you're you're way down. You're down big, and uh, things aren't going well. And kudos to Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. Man, they they caught the fever and the chemistry there. And uh, Jameis was not playing well. They couldn't find anything to, to do. And all of a sudden, boom, boom. Just uh, Jameis to, to Thomas was uh, was lethal. And Michael Thomas hadn't played in forever. Guy, he's so talented when healthy. Um, and, and Jameis put it on the money a couple of times in the red zone. And all of a sudden, the Saints, do, DeMario Davis and that veteran defense, they may be old, but they still got a little bit of juice in the tank. And that's even with Lattimore getting that that ridiculous 50. I mean, that, that happens in college and high school, but that ridiculous 15-yard penalty, and the Saints still did what they need to do and drive down the field and Lutz, boom. That's the definition of Jameis Winston, though. He's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, yeah. 2AT. Like, you remember the big narrative, uh, good bow, bad bow, regarding Bo Wallace and Ole Miss, obviously. That was I thought the, that was way, way, way overplayed. Yeah, but in anything in life, we like to simplify it. It has to be. Right. So it's, it's, there's good and evil. There's black and white. We have to put it in a little yeah. cup in our sports it's, world. It's how we're able to consume and process things, right? That's true. Because nuance is difficult, and it makes us think right. more. Right, conservative, liberal, it's got to be this. We have to think too much, yeah. right, if, I, if, if we go into the nuance. so. Right. It was easy to say, well, hey, look, here's five bad games. Here's five good games. He must be good, good, bow, bad, right? right. And, and I get it. He had moments. The, there's actually truth and validity to good Jameis, bad Jameis. Like, like his career is legitimately flip a coin. Sometimes you'll get good, good play, and sometimes you're going to get bad play, and you legitimately have no idea what you're going to get. No. And, no. and so it's a roller coaster. But, but kudos to him in the second half for doing what yeah. he needed to do. I, and I, I guess my point was I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I wasn't surprised he looked awful in the first half, and then I wasn't surprised that they came out and figured out how to score in the second half because the Jameis is Jameis and the Falcons are the Falcons, and that's what they do. I love the fact that Sean Payton's on TV and still trolling Atlanta. Yeah. He's like, it, it hadn't been a rivalry in 10 years. It in other hasn't. words, he's referring to his record against the Dirty Birds in the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, Sean Payton just does not suffer fools. And and he just does not give a damn. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> all week he was just yeah hammering Atlanta. Well, it, and then Dennis it, Allen comes out, his protege. Uh, Dan Campbell's the protege. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you put some respect on Dan Campbell's name. <laughs> they only lost their. Op- I can't believe you just pulled that. They only lost their opener by three points. Detroit's moving up. You know Dan Campbell's probably going to Scott Frost this. He's going to he's going to lose a ton of games. It's going to be unfortunate because he's he's likable. Yeah, he's going to lose a bunch of games by three, four, and five points. Correct. And yeah. he's still not going to be able to hang You're- on in Detroit. For our listeners, real quick, Dan Campbell coached under Sean Payton. He's in year two. I know y'all don't care about the Detroit Lions, and I don't blame you, uh, but I, I love Barry Sanders growing up. Other than that, blah. <laughs> um, 
And I, yeah. So Dan Campbell's the coach. Hey, yeah. you, that audio that you wanted to drop. Yeah. Um, on Jimbo Fisher. Well, let's start with Brad Edwards. Yeah. Let, let's switch gears real quick. Okay. We've got a few minutes here. We've got time. You cut it up. It's really good. Uh, we may as well use it. So this is uh, Brad Edwards, 25 year ESPN college football insider yesterday on the show. And this is what he had to say about Jimbo Fisher. He's a good coach, but he's not a great coach. He's not close to that upper tier that everyone wants to put him in because he's won a national championship. When A&M hired him, they felt like they were getting one of the best offensive minds in college football. He said it many, many times. No one has ever feared the so-called Jimbo Fisher offense. (laughs) They, they, They feared the Chip Kelly offense at Oregon. They feared the Art Riles offense at Baylor. Nobody has feared the Jimbo Fisher offense. <laughs> that was so good by our friend Brad Edwards yesterday discussing Jimbo Fisher. This is what Chris Doring had to say. Gator great. You see him on the SEC network every weekend. CD was an All-American for the Florida Gators under Steve Spurrier. This is what Doring had to say when I asked him about Jimbo Fisher. Are you buying A&M this Hell year? No. I'm not uh, either. They, they are the biggest overhyped team of the offseason. <laughs> Yikes. He said that a week or two before the season started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. We knew they were overhyped. We didn't maybe know they were App State loss at home overhyped. That's right. No, I did not. I, no. Although, shout out to us because we both had them covering. Wish I had to put money on we it. We both had App State co- made a terrible you know, decision. That would have been putting money on that. That would have been one to take the offhand flyer money line. I yep. know it's easy to say hindsight being twenty twenty. Sure, because even though I thought they would cover, I don't think I ever thought A and M was going to lose that game. But boy, App State beating them they they might lose three of the next four. Ben, hey. What about Brad Edwards? No one has ever feared the Jimbo Fisher offense. Ever. You know You know what college football has feared more than the Jimbo Fisher offense? The Hugh Freeze offense. Well, duh, yeah. I mean, think about it. When Freeze was rolling, he would yeah. he'd put 21 on you in the first. Now, Freeze was always a weird deal. He could come out of the gate and absolutely smoke you. And a lot of times it was enough to give him a victory because there was a bunch of them. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, they would go later in the game, they would stall. Mm-hmm. But, man, he would get on you and pour, he would drop 21 on you in the first 11 minutes of the first quarter. I'd rather run Rich Rod's offense than Jimbo's. I'd rather run Dan Mullen's offense than Jimbo's. I'd rather run Saban, obviously, the Kiffin variation. Yeah. Then, uh, Kiffin you know, variation. I can awesome. come up with a ton of offenses I'd rather run than Jimbo Fisher's. I'm Mike Gundy? Absolutely. Live in the Bank Plus studio. Mike D, Mike Dettelier on the Yingling Lager guest line at 8.30. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, uh, it's National Bald is Beautiful Day, and uh, because I'm bald, uh, we want to celebrate uh, all the amazing people that uh, that are bald, like um, Michael Jordan and Andre Agassi, oh. who uh, embraced the, uh, the shaved head look. Uh, feel free to weigh in your favorite ath- bald athlete. Um, yeah, ag up equipment, John Deere tractor, ag up, ag up, ag up equipment, John Deere tractor text line 601-885-3776. Um, this brings up a good debate. Scott Van Pelt is, is a bald broadcaster. Yes. I'm better looking than him. He may have a bigger, uh, much larger net worth than I do since basically I have no net worth, but. Um, you know, so I'm just thinking through, um, this, we could go both, uh, sports commentators, um, athletes and coaches who would be the most successful. Ooh, I don't know. I'm trying to think through that. Who would be the most successful Bald coach. See, I don't... Football, basketball. I don't know many bald... Baseball, they have hats on. I don't know many bald coaches. I'd have to think through that for a minute. I know, know, I'm sure I'm missing a dozen of them. If you combine the three sports. Yeah, yeah. I do know that the best basketball player of all time and the best boxer of all time, potentially, I guess you could argue, uh, were bald. Are you going? Michael Jordan and Mike Tyson? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure where you were going because boxing, there's several. There's several that you could argue are the best, but Tyson's yeah. right there, pound for pound, one of the most dominant fighters of all time. When I interviewed Evander Holyfield, he was bald. Yeah. But he didn't, I don't think he was when he was fighting. I don't think he was either. Yeah. Uh, now, he looked like a sharp dude. He yes. had on, he's still ripped as you know what. Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. He kind of, he led the way in acting. Absolutely. One of a few. Absolutely. Uh, Evander Holyfield, when I interviewed him, he, he was bald. He had on a, a, a super cool suit. Um, looked really, really sharp. I'll give you one that we haven't said yet that might... Can you arg- give me a hint? Arg- well, I'm going to tell you. He might arguably be the most famous of all the names we've said. And that's pretty crazy given some of the Over names Jordan? we've said. Uh, well, that would be the... Uh, it would be interesting to know who's more famous. Give me a hint. Athlete, movie star, TV star, was an athlete. The Rock. Yep. The Rock. It'd be interesting to know because of how much he's done in so many different genres. 
I I would be. What do they call it? Your Q rating or something? Yeah, like, I would bet the you have rock, to have some company run all their social where you're mentioned and yeah, how many different shows and, and videos you appear on. Yeah, I mean when you think about how much. Okay, so wrestling brought him. He, he's massively famous in Asia for re, when he was a wrestler no because question. wrestling is massive in Asia. Yeah, and so, so then selling sneakers. Then you seg, you segue that into his movie career. No doubt. I mean. Uh, ooh, it would be hard pressed to say The Rock's not the most famous bald man of all time. Interesting. I know that's not because I'm Rock with you. I would Jordan. I would think Jordan off the top of my head, but then when you think about what The Rock is, when you done, really start breaking it down, it may be closer than you think. And how much? See, The Rock gets into homes that maybe Jordan doesn't get into in terms of non-sports people, right? Because see, even though Jordan's brand, like they may know the Jordan brand and not really 100 percent understand Michael Jordan, because right. All of his stuff is still athletic-based, right? So if you're not athletic-based at all, you're still not getting his shoes. You're still That's not... two massive brands. Yeah. That Air are Jordan yeah. and The Rock? Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, I know. You're talking about taking the oxygen out of the room. I don't really know anyone else you can say other than The Rock and Jordan as far as, like, bald guys that even or come close to that category. I don't know. I mean, Tyson was great at what he did and then he went crazy but man, afterwards it, it, but it's it was not a five year stretch exactly and he's almost more famous for his chaotic lifestyle after the True. fact than, than True. yeah uh i don't know you know i mean obviously was famous but again not on the same level a soccer player and See, i mean they all have hate they're all okay almost all beautiful haired men like yeah they, it, I, I couldn't remember if there was some unbelievable okay, well, kid tim howard famous goalkeeper for the yeah, u.s that's not that I'm, that's not no not on the same level but i mean he was not on the bald. same level I no mean, he's yeah. not even on you know yeah no. see somebody said tiger woods but technically tiger woods had hair for the majority of his run he's he only he's only just and he isn't fully bald he's going he's balding yeah he still has the hair going right. on agassi went from hair uh down to mid-level back to shaving his head yep yep and that's called age okay shack that's a good one. We didn't mention Shaq. Shaq. I don't know why. Big brand. I mean, Barkley's also a big brand, but I wouldn't put him in the same category. No, but man, Barkley's huge. Golly, he's big. Uh, he just doesn't take as many endorsements. You know what they say about Shaq? He, he works 20 hours a day, like The Rock. I mean, these guys, yeah. there are some that hit that, you know, several hundred million, then and they're good. Cruise, yeah. Right? I mean, Jordan's got a brand that take that Nike takes care of, right? Um, the Rock and Shaq work all the time. Yeah, and I mean, I think people would be surprised at Shaq's net, no. net worth. People would not be surprised at the Rock's net, you, you, net worth. You know, someone who would have been there, and I don't think of him all the time as bald, although he was late in his playing career. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he would have had a chance. To compete for most famous ball person. Well, because he was so smart. And what he was doing after career. His yeah. business acumen, what yeah. he was going to do. His production company, the Mamba. Oh. Co- yeah. There, so, he was, I think his production company was going to be far more successful than LeBron's. What about Peyton Manning? But LeBron's is successful. See, that would have been a good one. Mamba versus Manning. Not that they would have competed, but but which company kind of. Because they were, they were very similar in their off-the-field businesses. That is a... Peyton is tied to a much more popular and bigger sport. Yes. But we drive uh, bigger brands in the NBA 
from singular players. And Kobe was at the Kobe was the Yankees, the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, he the was La- with the Lakers, That's, man. I mean, no res- disrespect titles. to the Broncos and the Colts, but we're not comparing no. apples to our, like yeah. Kobe with five rings, yeah. So I'd put I would put uh, I would put Kobe up there. I agree in terms of famous bald people. I don't, but I don't. I think of him. Because of so much of his career, he did have hair. Yeah, I still don't think of him like necessarily all the way. It as was bald. just his last seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, which, but that's still a, for some people that's a whole career. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a true. whole career. He played forever. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. I, I don't think we missed out on anything. Yes. Well, there were a couple of them. One was like National Chocolate Shake Day, and I thought of Salad Mookies. Um, but they were closed yesterday. Yeah. They're not today. They are not today. Pizza slice, milkshake, nap. Yeah. <laughs> Heard that. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine doing that and trying to go bill another like six hours as an attorney? No. Imagine being someone who has to like sit at the, like an accountant or something where you have to like do data and at a computer and trying to eat something like that. And then, yeah, I would die. I'd pass yeah. out. Woo. Um, but their milkshakes are fire. Um, guess what I picked up on Saturday? Wings. Sound Mookie's wings. Yeah. To go. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, I didn't have you know I didn't have to do anything, which was really nice, and so I could just meander around and uh, grab uh, yeah. some wings. It was phenomenal. I like that idea. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, Kevin says Derek Jeter. I think he was bald. He was um, a shaver, though. Yeah, like he's still kind of like you, where like if you got close, you could see he had a little stubble, but yeah. it wasn't. He's he shaved his head. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he could be he could be there. Jeff Bezos. I guess technically he might be the most famous bald person because everyone knows who Amazon is, right? Good so Lord. okay, maybe that counts. But I wasn't counting. I mean, when you can give your wife fifty billion, I wasn't going to count like was. demonically possessed people. Your I was, was counting count human beings. Yeah, when you can give your wife fifty billion in a divorce and not check up, that yeah. that really is insane yeah. to wrap your brain around. Jeff Bezos could lose more money a day than I could make in my lifetime. Golly. Who else did we have? <laughs> Chris Brooks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Mike Dettelier coming up next. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man. MortgageManMS.com. Dettelier next. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is this thing working? Yeah. The show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, I do not agree with the Mississippi State LSU line. Um, I do think that Mississippi State has a chance to win, and they usually don't when they go down there. And I do recognize that they won in 14 and 20, but uh, eh, let's be honest. That's uh, few, few and far between. Uh, MSU a two-point favorite right now, according to Caesars. Do with that what you will. I do think it's got a chance to be one hell of a football game down in Baton Rouge at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Brought to you by the uh, number one, the number one top quality audio and visual company in the Southeast, Sound and Communications, SoundcomAV.com, providing leading edge audio and visual for sports, churches, and businesses Near you, soundcomav.com. We welcome in our friend Mike D. Mike Detillier and WWL Radio TV New Orleans. He joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Uh, Mike, as you handicap, we still don't know that much about all these teams, but I know we want to uh, just because football started and everybody's excited. Having said that, as you size up this matchup, what is the first thing that you're looking for between Mississippi State and LSU? I think for LSU, it's controlling the tempo of the game. Um, the games that have lost the state, uh, or it's been real close, they uh, sort of lost the tempo of the game, and they let Mississippi State control it. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Brian Kelly handles this. Uh, I know when the prior regime with Coach O, that was something he always brought up, was about, and, and even less to uh, to an extent also about, that when you play a team that's going to throw it the way State does, you can't let your defense just stay out on the field. You've got to be able to run the football on offense and sort of control the tempo of the football game and understanding that you got to get off the field on third down on defense, that they're going to get yardage. That I mean, there's not going to be a debate about it. You're going to give up some yardage, but you got to get off the field on third down. So I think with Brian, what do we really know about this football team? Uh, based off of game one, and then, you know, they're playing Southern, and they could have scored 100 points. If they wanted to, I mean, by the middle of the second quarter, they had already yanked uh, their first team unit off the field, and they had put up some points at that point. So, um, yeah, I I agree with you. What do you really know uh, at this point? The one thing I do know is, uh, and something, man, Tim Brando and I, we did a number of shows on this um, that, you know, People talked about the transfer portal and name, image, likeness, and how it would ruin college football, and that would just be, you know, four or five teams that that ruled the college football world. 
um, I think last Saturday sort of put that thought, and I'm not hearing from any of those people that were arguing that anymore, not after what happened with Marshall and Notre Dame, Appalachian State, you know, upsetting Texas A&M, Washington State traveling to Wisconsin and upsetting, you know, a pretty doggone good Wisconsin team. It goes to show you that you can have talent, but if you don't get them to play, it doesn't do you a damn bit of good. And I think for LSU, it's finding that identity as a football team that we really don't know about. Uh, I think you have a much better idea of what Mississippi State is agree. than you do about LSU. Agree. Uh, I agree with that. I, I think you, you, MSU has more of an identity. LSU has more talent. Uh, MSU coaching staff's been there longer. Brian's a hell of a coach, but needs a little time to get it up and running. So what do we have? Uh, could be. A, I mean, are you expecting a really close game? Kind of back and oh, forth yeah. throughout the oh, yeah. night? I, I, I do think it'll be a close football game. Uh, uh, I don't know that LSU, because of their offensive line woes, is going to be a team that can blow out another team. Now, I mean, they did against Southern, but again, uh, the talent differential there is, is so huge. But I don't know enough about their offensive line, and neither does Brian because he made two massive changes along his offensive line from game one to game two. And one of them was at center uh, with Charles Turner. And um, I knew they really liked Charles as a center. And he he had the most experience and the most know-how at the center spot. But he's barely 280 pounds. In today's game, uh, there's not a lot of starting centers in college football uh, that second number is an eight, you know, and so and and he's had difficult. Man, I wish I had his issue. Uh, he has difficulty putting on weight and keeping it. <laughs> man, I wish Might I had be. that issue, and I did it one time, but not anymore. Uh, but um, you know, it, I think how well he'll hold up at the center spot, and then moving Dellinger over the guard, and then they had to make a move at the right tackle spot. Uh, Cameron Ward just wasn't getting the job done. So, um, you know, I, again, LSU's got to run the football, uh, but um, hopefully John Emery, uh, who had looked as though he would be the starter at running back, will be back after a two-game suspension by the NCAA because of academic issues a year ago. Now, Man, I didn't. Even, I don't even know how they how they do that. He sat out all last year because he wasn't academically eligible. He had missed some time because uh, his dad got COVID, and, and they were fighting it amongst the family, so to speak. To a number of them had it, and he he misses some time. He gets suspended all of last year. The NCAA and their this is why it should be disbanded. They punish him again this year for two games when he's been academically okay since January. I don't – that doesn't make oh, any I, sense. I don't, I, I, again, this is their way of saying, hey, I still have power here, and I'm going to show you I still have it. Uh, so you're punishing the athlete uh, for this? Uh, I, I don't quite understand it, but he's John's not the only one. They've, they've had others – uh, across college football that also a, a similar situation. Uh, I, I don't quite get it. 
uh, aren't you supposed to try to promote the game? And I understand if, if he didn't academically qualify last year and he gets the full one-year suspension, but you're going to come back and lay a two-game suspension on people again this year based off what you did last year and you've got your academics correct? Man, um, again, th- this – and they got some people in this world that will back bosses no matter what. They're the biggest butt smoochers in the world. <laughs> and uh, the one thing with the NCA, uh, man, they heartless uh, about a lot of this. And this is why it's been a gangster organization for all these years, feeding off of players and coaches and teams. And they've done absolutely nothing to help the game. Zip. Nothing. Um, it, they've been like a bookie. <laughs> they take your bets and that's it. And they win uh, no matter what. And so we'll find out about Emory, who who really looked good in the spring, and he played his high school football maybe 15 minutes from where I live. He was a star back. God, he's a big-time player. Good grief. Coming yeah, out of high school? In high wow. School. Oh, yeah. He was. He could have went anywhere in the country, and that was his opportunity. But LSU hasn't run the football well. And so that that's an issue for huh, Brian wh- Kelly. <laughs> when are they expecting to know on John Emory, Mike D.? Well, uh, John and Brian have both talked about that he got the two-game suspension and that he'd be back after the second Okay, so game. he's ready to go. He, got he, it. Yeah, he's ready okay. to go. Now, he has practiced. I thought I read that. Yeah, the NCA has allowed him. But they had to go to the NCA to get approval for him to even practice. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's weird. It's a weird situation, and, you know, you sort of shake your head a little bit about And yet other guys have went for an appeal on something that I thought was a lot more egregious, and they've taken away suspensions. But I think what, what really whizzed them off, John hired a lawyer last year to try to fight this. Oh, I remember uh, that now, and that ticked them off. Oh, man. Uh, for our know, listeners, so, we're oh. talking about John Emery. Mike, go ahead. Running yeah, back for LSU. And, and so the, he hired a lawyer to see if he couldn't get a um, a clause in there, which they do have in the NCAA rules about hardship. Uh, and, you know, his dad, and he had, I think, four family members that were all hospitalized with COVID at one time. And, um, you know, and the NCA said, no, it doesn't matter what happens to your family. You know, you have to keep your grades up. And so he got the one-year suspension, and he accepted it. And I spoke to him in the offseason a few times, and he, he didn't know anything about he would get suspended for two games this year. And they came down with this in the summer. He, he, he got a letter in the mail, not a call. He got a letter in the mail saying, hey, he's suspended for, for two games. So I'll be interested to watch John. John was a star player in high school, and uh, uh, I, I think they'd have a nice one-two combo uh, with John and Noah Kane, who's a Baton Rouge kid who went to Penn State uh, for a couple years and then decided to come back. But their offensive line issues, uh, they real. I mean, uh, you know, we, it's not stretching the rubber band. You haven't even touched the rubber band. Uh, they've had some issues up front, uh, especially in the run blocking part. They've done a nice job with Jaden um, in protecting him. But uh, Brian seemed to be happy about what he saw last week with the new combination up front. And uh, got two freshmen playing, you know, Will Campbell at left tackle and Mason Taylor uh, at tight end. 
And Mason looks to be that uh, he's got a chance to be a pretty doggone good tight end. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> and it's Jason Taylor's son, uh, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive end outside linebacker. His aunt is uh, Joy aunt Taylor. Joy. Yeah, who you've seen on Colin, and now she's moved to another Another show. show. Uh, And so, um, boy, Jason Taylor was a hell of a player for the Dolphins. They just weren't any good for his career. Man, that guy could play. And so, uh, Coach O had told me, he said, Man, Mike, he's not your regular 17 year old kid. And so, first time I got to meet him for the spring, man, I take a look up at him, and, you know, he's turning 18. And he's six foot five, and he's two hundred fifty five pound tight end. Oh, uh, oh, he he's a big hoss uh, out there, and so you know, and their their receivers are the strength of that team. There, there's no question about it. Uh, with Booty and uh, with Jare Jenkins and Malik Neighbors, and they're starting to get Chris Hilton and other people involved at the receiving core. But they they two deep or three deep at the receiving core and Besh. Who was um, who had a, um, a foot injury, and so that that's where the strength of LSU's team is. And uh, secondary, we'll see what happens. Uh, cornerback, which used to be the strength of that team, is probably the biggest question mark uh, on this team. I think they're they're okay up front seven. I think they're they're pretty good up there, even though despite the fact they lost Mason Smith, uh, who I thought had a chance to be a um, superstar player, and he's going to come back from the knee injury. He doesn't live far from me uh, today, and uh, I think he's having surgery, I think, sometime this week, but he's lost for the year. And um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see about LSU. He is Mike Dettelier on the Out of Bounds Show. All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears. Will Rogers, uh, quarterback at Mississippi State, will be going against Matt House's defense. What, what can our Mississippi State fans expect Defensive coordinator LSU, Matt House from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but he's been all over uh, with some good programs and in the other NFL teams too. Uh, And I see here where, you know, he spent some time at Kentucky under Mark Stoops. What what does Matt House want to do on the defensive side of the football, Mike D? House is a really good coach, he said, but he's a down-and-distance coach. He sort of – thinks it out and wants to stop the run first and then put you in those third and long spots. Uh, now, what we saw against Florida State was a lot of off coverage, not a lot of man, uh, a lot of off and zone coverage and not much man coverage. So that's what we saw against Florida State. It was not what normally we've seen at LSU throughout the years. And so it's still evolving, <laughs> let me put it to you that way. But uh, they have some guys that can get up the field quick. It looks as though BGL Jolari will be, a, will be playing this week, who gives you a lot of edge pressure. Uh, Ali Gay uh, also is a guy, long, lean athlete. Savion Smith, redshirt freshman from St. James, um, St. James High School, uh, is on River Parish, about 20 minutes from me. And uh, he looked really good last week, man. <laughs> Uh, and he is so fast, and he got the comp, I guess, coming out of high school of that he would be the next Daniel Hunter. He he looks like him. He really does. You know, he's a six foot five, two hundred fifty five pound defensive end, and Jaquil and Roy in the middle. That they can get some pressure up front with that front four. But Tom's uh, Matt's always talked about 
stopping the run first and putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, against State, that's not necessarily what they do. So how he handles all that will be interesting. Again, it's still an involvement for House on scheme-wise, but you can't play off coverage all the time because uh, Rodgers is going to pick you apart if that's the case. He, he just will. Um, so uh, I'm interested to watch that. Uh, I understand what they were trying to do against Jordan Travis. They were trying to force him to make a play and try to keep him in the pocket. Now, he ate him alive uh, because he he didn't take off running a lot, but what he did is he used his feet to kind of buy time, and then he would hit that open guy over the middle. So watch if State doesn't try to do the exact same thing, uh, that if LSU brings some pressure, uh, Ken will get that ball over the middle. They did a nice job on the chalk covering that part of the game. I thought in both games they did a nice job defending the chalk. Where they've given up plays is over the middle. And so does okay. that continue? Okay. All right. So uh, call it for us. LSU in a close one or MSU? No, I think LSU in a really, really tight game. And I think they, they understand it. When you're playing a veteran quarterback like Rodgers, uh, that no lead is safe. Uh, you know, remember last year, LSU jumped out and got a big lead against State and then were hanging on for dear life at the end. They were absolutely whipped at the end. They had, they had nothing left. And that's what happens when you play these air raid-type teams. I think it's a wear down, especially early in the season when you're not used to making or playing all those plays. Um, so for Brian and his coaching staff, it's kind of a learning experience when you do play a lot of these type teams like what you'll see, especially with State who really doesn't run the football a ton. They're about using that short pass like an extended handoff and then trying to hit you a big play now and then. So I think it's going to be a razor-tight game. I think this comes down to the end. And in, in, in typical kind of state LSU fashion. Because a lot of these games, you go back over the last 10 or 12 years, and I get what you're saying. LSU has won them, but they haven't blown them out. Yeah, they've been. They've had some really close games. games yeah. Really close games, and uh, um, LSU's defense has what has bailed them out. It, ha- it was not their offense; it was has been their defense. Uh, can LSU's defense do that again? Okay, let's go to uh, the Saints. Um, hell of a comeback. Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas got on the same page, and boom. And of course, the Saints D did what they needed to do, but. Uh, that was a good win. It was good to see Michael Thomas get back in and get involved, and he and Jameis get some things going in the second half, Mike. Yeah, uh, we saw it in training camp uh, until he um, had the hamstring injury. He he was dominant. He wasn't good. He was dominating. I mean, he, he, we had one practice session, a morning one, and I'm sitting at the corner, and I think it was like four or five straight plays. He's in there, and he took his choice of every corner. He beat him. And it was almost like you can line up whoever you want. And sometimes that's what great players do. It doesn't matter to them who you got on them. <laughs> They're going to beat them. And you saw 
against the Falcons, it didn't matter if it was A.J. Terrell or not. You know, he you know, he was going to beat them. It, it took him a little while because he seemed to be slipping out on the field early in the game. But then, boy, he got in that groove, and I've seen it, and he looked like the Michael Thomas of 2019. And uh, the other big addition, too, is Jarvis Landry. Uh, when they needed some plays, Jarvis came up with it. And Jarvis has always been terrific receiver, one of the toughest guys you will ever meet out on that football field. And Jameis got hot. They went to, um, you know, they sped up the offense a little bit, and uh, you saw it all click. And I think for the NFL, what you want to do is win in game one. Because, okay, they don't practice like they used to. Preseason's a joke. Uh, It's really more for the younger players. And you always worry about continuity. Okay, you would love to be the Chiefs or the Bills, and, and what they did, but there are very few like that. So in game one, you just hope to win, get a W, and have enough that you can tell them, hey, we got a lot of improvement to do. The biggest surprise for me that Atlanta was able to run the football because I thought that was the strength of this thing's defense was up front. And Cordell Patterson, Woo! man, he, he went wild on them. Uh, and, and the big guy can rumble now. I mean, he, yeah, he can. He, he's a 240 pound. Now they list him at 230 pounds. I hope I never get on that scale because, uh, man, I've been right up to him, and he he looks like a a pretty uh, a thick 240 pounds. But man, he's got speed and power, and he pounded away at the Saints defense. You know, really Mike. You know, he's 31 years old, and. You know, there was some ups and downs with him, but he's been able to hang around and have a pretty damn productive career. You're right, man. And on that first drive, the Saints had nothing. I mean, basically took three people in the, to the end zone when they gave it to him from the, wherever he was, four, five, or six-yard line. I mean, that dude was on a roll. Now, obviously, the NFL is so good. They were they were going to adjust, and the Falcons knew that. But it's pretty cool, but the... Uh, you know, the niche that he has kind of created and carved out for himself in the league. Well, I've only got a minute. Give Arthur Smith credit for that. Nobody else did it. He was in New England with Belichick. That didn't happen. Yeah, he, He's bounced all over this NFL. And he looks like what he did at Tennessee, which used him a lot of different ways. He was a wing back, half back, running back, wide receiver. I mean, he was all over. And that's what Arthur has been able to do with him the last two years, last year also. And, man, he he really was impressive. Uh, uh, and so he gives them some hope at running back because they don't have much. And But the Saints took away Kyle Pitts, and I thought that yes. was a big part of their win. Great point. in that game. That was it. Great point. He was frustrated. That's a good point, Mike D. Have a super week, my man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you a lot. Appreciate it, Bo. At Mike Dettelier on Twitter, he joined us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Pair a Yingling Lager with a Bulldog Burger Burger. How about that? Bulldog Burger, Lake Harbor and Ridgeland. Bulldog Burger in Stark, Vegas, Mississippi. And Bulldog Burger in Tupelo. Uh, Amazing, amazing burgers. Great selection of craft beer. And uh, our official game day beer This season is Yingling Lager. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Tom Luganville will call Ole Miss Georgia Tech. He joins us at 930. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.